Welcome to the PA High School Football Report podcast. It's December 8th, 2021, meeting the start of the PIAA Championship Weekend begins in mere hours. Six heavyweight clashes are scheduled for historic Hershey Park Stadium. Two games Thursday, two Friday, and two on Saturday to wrap up the year. I'm Jana Benskoder with colleague Eric Epler. Ep, how are you doing? I'm doing fantastic, Jana. We are closing in six more games to go, and then it's all about Christmas shopping. Uh, <laughs> I am not the online guy. I hate the online shopping. Yeah. Uh, mainly because I, my, where I live, I basically have like three different addresses. So I'm searched <laughs> to like, so, so it always comes down to me searching my yard for where they put the packages. So I just go and get them. I don't do the online crap. Yeah, way too complicated. So yeah, I'm excited. I'm excited to see these championship games over the next three days. Sounds good. So uh, just to think back, we started in September with our podcast. And on our very first podcast during the recording, my dog thought I was playing. I'm going to take you back to the start. And uh, I was walking around talking into my device because we record these so that we can see each other. You know, we're face to face. Dutch thought that I was playing and decided to knock me over. (laughs) And so my iPhone went flying through the air, (laughs) drops down, bounces off his nose. And Ep did not miss a beat. He was speaking on how he calculates the classifications, getting to the championship, how he weighs and measures um, all the teams. And he, he did not miss one beat. My dog looks at me like, what'd you do that for? Leaves the room and we continue. So that was our first inaugural podcast. And I have to applaud you because we made it all the way to the end with very few interruptions from Dutch. But that first one was hysterical because my phone went flying and the way you described it to me is all you saw were my hands flying in the, in the camera. It looked, from my end, it looked like, you know, when a bird flies into your house and you don't really know what to do, so you just start flailing around. That's yeah. what it looked like. So I didn't know what kind of vermin had flown into your front door. I had no idea. Yeah, you uh, you handled that like a rock star. It was great. But now we're going to go on to the reason why you've been listening. For the next 20 minutes or so, F is going to break it down, uh, the PIAA finals, and talk a little bit about some of the players that will collide in Hershey. It so far appears that the weather is going to be on our side, and we'll get a chance to see if one or two or both District 3 qualifiers can become gold medalists, correct? Before we target these, who are some of the big impact players that you want to see? Yeah, that's a, that's a tough one because there's obviously you make it this far. You've got a bunch of impact players coming to Hershey. That's always one of the fun parts about it, especially like underclassmen. You're thinking, you know, you might see a senior. And in, and in some cases, we're going to see a couple of freshmen who are starting at really, really key positions. Most notably, Bishop McDevitt game with freshman quarterback Stone Saunders. And on the flip side, we got a 14-year-old running back leading Aliquippa in Tickway Hayes, who's been tremendous. Yes, I said 14 years old. So yeah, to see yeah. these guys, to see these guys early, obviously we got to see Stone a, a bunch of times during the season, but to see other freshmen and sophomores on the big stage, it's great because you know in a year or two you're going to get to see them again, and then you right. can compare on how much they've grown and succeeded. But yeah, not exactly a softball question to start off, but I think if you're looking for like you know future FBS guys who are going to sign here next week, National Signing Day, of course, next week in football. It's probably best to look at Friday night's game between Penn Trafford and and Imhotep Charter. There is a lot of future college talent running around on Friday night in this one. A lot of maybe even future NFL eye candy for people to get a look at up close and personal. You start with Imhotep Charter. Penn State fans are obviously going to get a chance to see linebacker Keon Wiley. Their fellow linebacker, uh, Khalif Kemp, is headed to Temple. 
They've also got a guy named <laughs> Eni White. Most who follow football know about Eni White. Tremendous edge rusher. Uh, he's up to 40-plus offers. If you name a Power 5 program, he's got an offer. They're saying he's sort of leaning toward Texas A&M. But Alabama, oh, wow. Georgia, Ohio State, right. Florida, rattle off whatever name you want. He's got an offer Exciting. from him. Yeah, it's 6'5", 230 pounds. He's a tremendous gifted athlete, too. So he's a guy to keep an eye on. And then, of course, they got a lineman, Amir Stinnett, big boy, 380 pounds. He's headed to Rutgers. There's a lot the Panthers are going to bring to the table. Pent Trafford doesn't quite drive the same kind of FBS Rolls-Royce that Imhotep does. But uh, <laughs> athlete Cade Yacomelli, he's been a tremendous running back for them. He will sign with Wisconsin next week. And there's a couple of on-the-rise underclassmen at Penn Trafford, too, you want to keep an eye out of. Obviously, Janice, Saturday night, St. Joe's Prep has some terrific FBS guys to be. And Mount Lebanon, who's the opponent there in that 6A final. Eli Heidenreich, who had just one of the most outstanding semifinal performances that we've seen. Nine catches, 277 yards, and five touchdowns in a, in a state semifinal. Wow. is ridiculous. You know, he's headed to Navy. And I think two other guys, too, you want to look at for Central Valley. Sean Fitzsimmons and most people who follow why I'm missing got an up-close and personal view of Sean of Fitzsimmons last year in this game. This is a rematch in the 3A final. He's a pit recruit, and he blew up a lot of why I'm missing plays last year. So he's a guy to watch. And their running back and linebacker, Landon Alexander, has just been a tremendous force for them, too. He was a key factor in that win for Central Valley last year. These are two guys that the wide missing absolutely has to account for in that game at noon on Sunday because they were, you know, they're just gifted athletes and they know how to disrupt things. And Alexander is just a firecracker waiting to go off. Any touch, he can go to the house. So those are a couple other guys, too. Fitzsimmons won the Bill Frantic Award, which is a fairly new award that the Whippeal gives out. That's District 7, Pittsburgh area to the uh, conference's best overall lineman. Uh, he just recently earned that award, too. So so there's a lot to like over the next three days, and that's just some of the names that you want to keep a close watch on because these are guys that are going to be, you know, starring for their respective colleges here in the next couple of years. Yeah, so they'll be tearing it up. It's good to know names before you go and entertain yourself with some real good football. So uh, let's take a walk in an orderly fashion and follow the game schedule at the Concrete Palace. So we've got two games Thursday, beginning with a Class 1A final between Bishop Gifoyle and Red Bank Valley. Is that a, a District 9 team in the yeah, final? It is, Janet. Do you do you know where Red Bank Valley is? Let me put you on the spot. That's so wrong. Then <laughs> you already know that I don't know. <laughs> Uh, well, it's it's not it's not too far from Punxsutawney. Okay, Clarion, Clarion County. You know, shout out to that crazy gopher, Punxsutawney. Twenty nine years have passed, Janice, since a District Nine team has made it to a PIAA football championship. So that is why it is significant for Red Bank Valley to be here. Smithport was the last team to do it in 1992. And you were, what, three, four years old back then? 1992? 92. I was a sophomore in high school. I was trying to help you out. I was trying to see. You just didn't take it. You didn't take the bait. Well, that's no disrespect to Red Bank Valley, okay? You know, (laughs) (laughs) that's very exciting for them. Yeah, this is going to be a fun matchup. Everybody talks about the Bulldogs' defense. 
Red Bank Valley's defense, rightfully so. They have five turnovers to the resume last week against Bishop Canavan to make the Hershey Park Stadium field. Their quarterback, Bryson Bain, is one of their leaders. Uh, he's going to IUP on a baseball scholarship, but he's played pretty well under center, too. He's completing 60%, 28 touchdowns, just eight interceptions. That's not a bad spread. And they got a guy by the name of Ray Schreckengos, too, who's hitting about almost six yards per carry. And they've done really well at being opportunistic. Like I said, a lot of that defense has created short fields for them. And they've played really, really well to get here. So it'll be interesting that Guilfoyle has a lot of history. Uh, Hershey, three straight titles not too long ago. After a couple early season losses, Guilfoyle started to kind of build momentum, build momentum. You look and you say, okay, well, they got four losses, you know, how they sort of get here. But that's sort of been their MO. You know, they've gotten stronger every, every single week. They're always strong along the line of scrimmage. And they've got this defense, too, that sort of it's almost, you know, all hands on deck, 11 hats to the football. But a couple of guys really stand out for them. P.J. Pollock, their linebacker, 102 tackles, 15 TFLs. Colin Butler has been tremendous, too. These are two guys that Red Bank absolutely has to uh, has to go for. So I don't expect a ton of scoring in this game, but it, it is all about the defensive fronts for both squads. Red Bank's been tremendous uh, in creating pressure and just sort of stopping plays before they get started. That's what they need to do against Guilfoyle because you don't want Guilfoyle's size to sort of start leaning on you there in the second half. So that'll be bad for Red Bank. So this should be a tight contest, I think a defensive contest, and we'll look forward to seeing who comes out ahead Thursday afternoon. And like I said, no disrespect to Red Bank Valley, but I know (laughs) that you know that I'm thinking New Jersey, and I know it's not New Jersey, but I just could not immediately say. But good luck to both teams. That's very exciting. And moving on to – Jan, if it helps you, I had to look up where where they were myself. You know, that takes some sweat off my brow. Like, it really does. <laughs> so, moving on. What day is it? Thursday, 4A clash between District 3 champion Bishop McDevitt and longtime Whoopio Power Aliquippa. What's your take? Yeah, we won't spend too much time on this. There is a ton of information on this game on PennLive. Please go to the website and check it all out. We've got previews there. There's going to be features there on this one. Aliquippa, you know... The way they went through Jersey Shore, the way they signed, I know there was a kind of a, you know, six to eight minute stretch where really the, the worm turned and it just got really bad for sure in that one. But, you know, Jersey Shore was a football team that if you were going to beat them, you were going to have to beat them with solid physical play. And Aliquippa is certainly equipped to do that. Tremendous size for Aliquippa. It's really tough to get their defensive guys off the line of scrimmage. There is a tremendous amount of size. This is probably the biggest 4A school in terms of just giants along the front uh, that you're going to see. So McDevitt's got to be diligent. It won't be enough to just chip these guys away. If you want to run between the tackles, if you're Bishop McDevitt, you've got to hit holes quickly. You cannot dance. And it's not a <laughs> it's not the alternative just to stretch out wide too, because Aliquippa, as most people know, filled with athletes and filled with speed as well. So it is going to be a, a different type of scheme that McDevitt's going to have to use a little bit to kind of tick their way down the field and, and get some points in this one. So I give Mike Warfield a ton of credit when you get through the whippeal like that and make it here. You've played some tremendous football. Bishop McDevitt, we know, Janet, we've talked about them pretty much at nauseum most of the season, just because after that LaSalle loss to open the season 21-0, this team yeah. has been sort of destined to get here. 
with all that talent. And I keep coming back and I'll continue to go back to this defense. I've done a number of stories on this defense and how they operate. And this is the best Bishop McDevitt defense that I've seen top to bottom. And they showed it again last week against a tremendous Bishop Shanahan team. That win for them should instill all the confidence you need against Aliquippa. I'm not saying that you're going to walk in and just run over, you know, run by the quips because you're going to have to earn it. But if ever you needed a game uh, to prepare, that opponent in in Shanahan was was worth it for Bishop McDevitt. So hopefully they use that. I know it's a short week, but it's also a short week for Aliquippa as well. So this should be a tremendous game. It should come down to the wire. Moving on to Friday. It's a very familiar name in Hershey, and that's Southern Columbia squaring off with Sarah Catholic in the 2A final. Yeah, I've been asked multiple times about the biggest surprise team that showed up in Hershey, and to me, it's Sarah Catholic. And that's not to diss what they've done. But think about, of all the 12 finalists, think about the last month for Sarah Catholic, uh, who came out, obviously, the Whippeal champion. The Eagles had to negotiate a month of just undefeated hammers in single A or in double A. I mean, they took out undefeated Laurel. They took out an undefeated Storox, who at at the time was my third-ranked team in the state. Uh, And then they routed a Beaver Falls team by just a tremendous defensive effort. And then they took out Farrell, who was number one in the state uh, last week to get to here. So that last month is just – it's beyond a gauntlet that they've not only survived, but they've played extremely well and they played extremely physical to do it. Now the grand prize, of course, is to get the crown prince of 2A, and that's Southern Columbia. We've seen Southern Columbia here pretty much every year for 15 years. Seems like Southern's going for their fifth straight title. They had five straight 1A titles uh, in the early 2000s. So, I mean, there's little doubt that the Tigers were going to finish up here in Hershey, particularly when they lost that 65-game winning streak when Wyoming missing went to Catawissa and beat them doubled them up 42 to 21 in midseason. So ever since then, it's been boom. Jim Ross crew has been absolutely laser focused on getting back here. Gavin Garcia is another one of those guys you want to keep an eye on. He had a monster game last in last year's final against Wilmington. Uh, he's a Kent State recruit. They've got three or four tremendous rushers and, and a defense, too, that's, that's just, hard, just hard to work against. They, they make everything difficult. When you're trying to extend drives against against Southern Columbia, it's just difficult to piece together, you know, eight, nine, ten-play series. They just don't let that happen very often. So it says it's a tough, it's another tough assignment for Sarah. But yeah, we knew Southern was gonna show, was gonna show back up. Moving on to Friday night, highly anticipated 5A matchup between Emotep Charter and Penn Trafford. Yeah, we don't obviously we don't have a dog in this fight. Um Mo, I, I up until a couple of weeks ago, I thought uh, Governor Mifflin would be in this spot. But uh, right. wouldn't it be great if the Warriors, this is Penn Trafford, uh, you know, they grabbed their first Whippeal title just a few weeks ago. Uh, and now they're playing, obviously, in their first PIAA championship. I mentioned Yacomelli, their running back, Wisconsin Pledge. He's really, really talented and really good at breaking those big chunk plays that kind of just. You know, you get that momentum on a drive, but that just sort of throws you over the edge, and it's just nothing can keep you out of the end zone after that. He's got that sort of ability. And they beat a very good Exeter team last year and held their rushing attack in check. If you remember, Jana, that rushing attack 
for Exeter Township is what derailed Governor Mifflin in that District 3 final. So they held Eric Nangle, who was a tremendously tough runner. They held him to 55 yards. And they also picked up four passes in this game in that game as well. So they're very talented defensively. Imhotep Charter, I said, you know, a couple of weeks ago that I, I don't even think they played their best game yet overall. You could probably argue it after you see them beating Strathaven last week, 36-0. But I, I really believe that their best game is still out there, their most complete game. Uh, Coach Devin Johnson's defense, too, is, is just – that's where the rubber meets the road for me. Uh, you know, they're running, you know, they're running backs. Good. They've got a couple of great defensive guys and Wiley. You mentioned, I mentioned white and a couple other guys that are just some underclassmen too. They're just so strong. If they put it all together, I don't see a way that Penn Trafford can beat them. I, I really don't. But uh, again, that's why you play the game <laughs> and you know, weather could be a factor Friday night. Um, you know, they just might not play their best. They might throw a turnover or two Penn Trafford's way. So you just don't know. But if this if this team plays complete, man, are they just <laughs> – they're really, really good. Really good. So on a scale of good and really good, they are all the way to the – They are all the way – they are all the way really good. And like I said, I just – you know – I've seen, you know, I've, I've seen a lot of film. I haven't seen them in person yet, but I've seen a lot of film on them, a lot of highlights and a lot of talk from guys that I respect coming out of Philly. You know, they're just like, man, these, this, and, it, and it's something different every week. So, you know, it, it's that ultimate pick your poison kind of thing. I mean, their offense yeah. has been, their offense has been staggered, but I think that was really a, um, you know, part of this just them finding the right formula and getting comfortable with each other. You know, and uh, here they are. <laughs> no surprise. So all that remains then is a wonderful Saturday, which opens at high noon, a 3A match rematch between Wyoming and Central Valley. Yeah, I've said too before earlier this week, too. I think Saturday could be the best day overall. Uh, I think these two matchups are tremendous. This, of course, is a rematch of last year's 3A final. Central Valley won that one 35-21. It was a one-possession game till about six and a half or seven minutes to go uh, when Central Valley scored, and then they held them off. And, and they really didn't give the ball back. They got the ball back, I think, with about five and change left and just, you know, took out the rest of the clock. So it's 26 straight wins for the Warriors. I mean, uh, they fought off a really good Central Martinsburg side last week to get here. A big goal line stance and then a long TD run by who else? Landon Alexander helped to push CV to a third title round and a rematch with Wild. The QB Antoine Johnson is just a sophomore. He's been really good. All eyes will be on the line of scrimmage for them, too. And it'll be interesting to see if Fitzsimmons, the pit recruit for Central Valley, defensive tackle we talked about, will get lined up opposite why missing Javen Williams, who's a Penn State target. He's only a junior. Um, big, hulking, strong, and just really, really good offensive lineman. So that'll be one matchup to look for too. Why missing? We talked about their great system. Uh, yep. it, it really is plug and play. Bob Waltham's got six or seven or eight linemen he can mix in. That's a luxury that not many 3A programs have. He keeps legs fresh. And, and, you know, whenever you do that, you've always got a chance in, in the second half. You've always got guys that could come in, sort of give you that one series or two series, or even if it's a third down, you know, scheme or whatever, third down play. 
So this is going to be a very much, very much defensive game as well. Um, so I, I really like this one. This, this could come down to the last possession. Those are always thrilling games to watch. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, brings out the best in all the players. So last, but certainly not least, 6A Kingpin St. Joseph's Prep is back to defend their title versus Mount Lebanon. Yeah, I, you know, I guess the Hawks, uh, you know, will we'll try to, I'm guessing they're trying to locate and uh, lock down Heidenreich, right, after last week of what he did. Uh, I know State College had some limitations, but, you, you know, when you're giving up nine receptions, for 277 yards and five touchdowns, that's a guy that you want to make sure is, is locked up. So St. Joe's has a couple guys in the secondary that will be pay particular attention uh, to Heidenreich there. Yeah, I, I, you know this is a this is going to be a lot about whether or not Mount Lebanon can, can consistently rush the ball. Alex Tetcha, who gives the Blue Devils a great option there in the rushing attack, um, getting by North Allegheny and Pittsburgh Central Catholic in consecutive weeks um, is pretty impressive. Uh, I know North Allegheny may not be as strong as in years past, but uh, that was an impressive two week stretch for Mount Lebanon. And, man, you wonder about St. Joe's prep and, and just how polished their quarterback, Samaj Jones, is going to yeah. be. He's only a sophomore, but he's been terrific. Uh, and the, the Hawks just keep finding ways. Um, they they played a howitzer game two weeks ago against Bethlehem Freedom uh, to win by three. They're the three-time defending state champions in 6A, and this is their eighth trip to Hershey in the last nine years. Uh-oh, you may have another bird in the house. <laughs> but that's just incredible. It's just an incredible uh, feed for St. Joe's prep. So this one too could be, could be pretty exciting. This may go, this may be one of those back and forth games. Yeah. I'm, I'm thinking what to say. My, you know, I, my dog's barking, but, and then we sleep. So that's all nice. good stuff. Very exciting. Yeah. We're, we're looking forward to a great weekend of finals and a strong close to what has been an exciting Pennsylvania football season. We want to take the time to thank all of our guests over the last 16 weeks and wish all of our listeners a happy and safe holiday. Epler swears he's on Santa's nice list. So he needs baseball hats to add to his collection. If anyone out there wants to send him one, I might maybe possibly might could might think consider buying you one since you've been such a great pal to me on the past 16 weeks. I don't know. Maybe you may I endorse, listen. Possibly. I'm a shill. I'll endorse anything on a baseball cap. I prefer obscure college teams, but man, my hat, a hat collection needs a little boost. I just bought nine of them not too long ago, but I need some more. So uh, feel free. I don't care if it's spam. I don't care if it you know, <laughs> doesn't matter. I'll endorse it all. Follow the action from Hershey on Twitter with Epler at 3Jacker and our colleague Dan Sostick, who will be along with him at Dan underscore S-O-S-T-E-K. And check in live for all recaps, game stories, and features. Take care.